Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And who are our patrons for today? We have Tanya. Tanya, welcome to the team. We are so excited to have you. And I don't want to get anyone too excited, but Ooh. I've I've started addressing the envelopes <laughs> to send out t-shirts to the patrons. Wow. Free t-shirts. Now, now, were they people who are, are still patrons? I hope or so. Or were they patrons like a year ago and then they get, they're like, what's this? Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck is this? I think it's people who are still currently active. Okay, cool. Because I printed out, I printed out the addresses and I think it only gave me people who are currently active. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if your address <laughs> is incorrect, change it now. And hopefully I haven't already addressed it. I mean, hopefully you aren't one of the five I've addressed. So just get ready <laughs> for that. Welcome, Tanya. I am very excited for today's episode. And in fact, I'm surprised we haven't done it already. Hopefully we this haven't. Is, this is where the Puckwudgies live, right? Is it? I don't know. The Bennington Triangle. Or they've been spotted there. Oh, yeah. I guess they've been spotted here. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. You're right. I didn't I didn't come across this. But yes, they are puck, there are Puckwudgies here. Land of the Puckwudgies. It, it, it's crazy, the stuff that goes on here. So today's episode is on the Bennington Triangle, which is essentially the Bermuda Triangle of Vermont. Oh. It includes the towns of Bennington, Woodford, Shaftesbury, and Somerset in Vermont. It's centered around the Glastonbury Mountains. There have been several disappearances, several plane crashes. Oh, God, what? Yes, 
murders, UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, puckwudgies. What the hell? There's even an alleged human-eating rock. (laughs) Hold on. Human-eating... No, a rock that eats humans. Yes, a boulder that allegedly eats humans. It has, like, teeth on it. Uh, (laughs) Yes. It looks like... Have you seen the Langoliers? (laughs) Yes, yes. Does it look like a, one of those? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's all sorts of weird shit happening in this town. Let's get into it. Anytime I can do- drop a Langoliers reference. You got it. <laughs> you have to absolutely do it. So what is this Bennington Triangle? It has a history that predates the colonization of North America, and it persists to this day. We'll get into what the indigenous tribes thought about this area because they were not into it. There are supernatural reports of Bigfoot, UFOs, and interdimensional portals. Which, you know, we... Ah, fuck. (laughs) Fuck, not music. Fuck. You you buy a house on Zillow and then you move in. You're like, oh, fuck. That's why it was so cheap (laughs) here. Another (laughs) portal. Why do I always do this? There's not only supernatural stuff, but there's real live disappearances too so it's kind of like where true crime and the occult intersects this mysterious area has allegedly quote-unquote swallowed as many as 40 hikers and residents what (laughs) yeah so this is this place is no bueno to say the least So the indigenous people actually would not settle in the area. They would only settle around it. They believe that the the Beddington uh, Triangle was cursed. They thought that it was a place where spirits were constantly at war with one another, and they would not even set foot in the territory. I mean, they know. They They feel shit. They feel (laughs) shit. They know. So were they right? Hard yes, I think. Weird stuff has been happening since the indigenous tribes. A stagecoach driver in the early 19th century said that a large creature attacked his stagecoach during a storm while he was carrying passengers to the Glastonbury Mountain. Later, this monster that attacked his stagecoach was called the Glastonbury Monster, so there's a lot of monsters in Vermont, the Glastonbury monster being one of them, Puckwudgies being others, although we've decided the Puckwudgies are nice. The until Glastonbury- they try to kill you in the yes, until they- yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Glastonbury monster was also spotted in 2003 by a hunter named Ray Dufresne. Why does that name sound so familiar? Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. Is that from Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Why? What? <laughs> What's happening? Why is that name so familiar? Ray Dufresne. Yeah, like, do I know, do I know this Andy guy? Dufresne, <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's why it sounds familiar. But also, <laughs> are you? 2000- is that one of your favorite movies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the prisoner. Dufresne. No, but I, I don't even think I've seen that movie in its entirety. Oh. <laughs> Two thousand three is kind of recently. I'm scared. Like, have I met this guy? If you dated him? Have I dated this guy who's seen the Glastonbury monster? I don't know. Maybe we've talked about him before. In This is crazy, too. In 1892, a man named Henry, Henry McDowell 
went crazy and bludgeoned to death one of his co-workers, a fellow mill worker in Fayville, which is located within the Bennington Triangle. And he alleged that he heard voices in his head, demons telling him to do it. And he was, uh uh-oh, he was taken to an insane asylum, but he escaped and disappeared into (gasps) the mountains and was never seen again. Wait, that was what year? 1892? Maybe he turned into the Glastonbury monster. Exactly. You never know. So there are many disappearances in the area from 1945 to 1950, which all took place between 3 and 4 p.m., what? In the last few months of the year. Oh, that's f- oddly specific. Yeah, very, very weird. So you have to think, and we'll talk about theories later, like, is it a serial killer? Three to four. We need that guy from the rehearsal on here who knows numerology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> angel, obsessed with angel numbers and bong rips. <laughs> if you're not watching the rehearsal, it's the best television that's ever been created in the history <laughs> of mankind. The first disappearance is a woman named Mitty Rivers in 1945. On November 12, 1945, 74-year-old Mitty Rivers disappeared while out hunting. Why this bitch was hunting at 74, I don't know, but good for her. Good for her. Yeah, Rivers was guiding a group of four hunters up the mountains. Rivers got ahead of the group and was never seen again. Uh-oh. The she went ahead of the group of hunters that right. she was leading, and they all thought, "Oh, you know, she's going to the campground to start a fire or something for us." Right. And they got there, and she was they they couldn't find her, and she was never found again. An extensive search was conducted, but the only evidence ever discovered was a single rifle cartridge found in the stream. Oh, excuse me, Mitty is a man. Oh, <laughs> Mitty is a man, not a woman. He's a seventy-four-year-old man. Woman too, Mitty. Mitty sounds like, like that's a, a good name. Female. Mitty. Yeah, Mitty. Mitty is a man. Excuse me. People thought that maybe Mitty fell into the river and was swept away, but he was a very experienced hunter. He yeah. was familiar with the area. He grew up here. He was experienced enough to be leading other hunters maybe he was shooting something that's why the cartridge was in the had dropped out was he shooting the glastonbury monster and was taken away i think so we'll never know next was paula weldon 1946 paula jean welton i'm gonna be pretty certain that she was a woman Mm, don't be so sure (laughs) (laughs) 18 years old disappeared one year later on december 1st 1946 again november december these are all the end of the year she was a sophomore at bennington college she had set out for a hike on the long trail which is on the glastonbury mountain this all occurs on or around the glastonbury mountain Many saw her go on this hike, so she was for sure to have gone. She was alleged to have been seen on the trail by an elderly couple about 100 yards uh, behind them. According to them, she turned a corner in the trail, and when they reached the same corner, she had disappeared. The same corner where the other dude 
No, not so. So she was walking with an elderly couple behind her, like right behind her. And then when they reached the corner, she had just disappeared. Oh, and they never they never met up with her again. And she was never found again. Oh, God. So, like, imagine you're walking down the street and then, like, there's a corner and you're walking a few steps behind someone and you turn the corner. They've absolutely they've disappeared. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's great. That's terrifying. Yeah. And then she was just never found again. Oh so there was an extensive search when she never returned back to school. There was a $5,000 reward and help from the FBI. No evidence of her was ever found. Oh, weird. People thought that maybe she had moved to Canada or she was a recluse living in the mountains now, but none of that really made sense. She had just disappeared into nothing. Yes, my Canadian boyfriend. Yeah, he's he's in in sync. (laughs) Yes. Her disappearance was the inspiration for the 1951 novel Hangs a Man by Shirley Jackson. Oh, I love Shirley Jackson. She wrote um, Haunting on Hill, you don't know Hill House. You don't, oh, really? Hill, that they made it into a... Yeah, oh, I know the TV show. Yeah, I read, I read the book. <laughs> if it's <laughs> been made into a TV show, I know it. She wrote that short story called The Lottery that you may have read in high school. I don't know. It was about like the people had to stone people. Mm-mm. It's a big high school, sure. Anyway. This is a big difference between me and Melissa is that she's read the books and I've read the TV show. <laughs> I've read the TV show. I've watched the TV show. Same the thing. Next, yeah, same thing. The next is Betty Frazier, 1948. She was 26. She was reported missing on May 5th, 1948 by her husband. He had apparently been concerned about his wife's quote-unquote wild behavior (laughs) she was a loose woman she was a loose woman (laughs) and when she failed to make the journey back from a local bar on foot he had reported her missing Hmm. i don't know why she was out drinking without him and then walking home from the bar but she's a loose woman she's a loose woman that's a whole (laughs) other story and she the last sighting of her was by a neighbor who reportedly saw her walking drunkenly unsteadily (laughs) around highway 30 in the general direction on of bennington the neighbor said it was like she was in a trance she she completely ignored the offer for a ride home her body is the only body of these missing people who was found so her body was discovered one month and 17 one month later 17 miles away on a forest trail in west dover and they said it was death by misadventure misadventure i don't know that like sounds fun i don't know what (laughs) i've never heard of death by misadventure does that mean she just like got lost i guess 17 miles away though what you're not drunk and you're not walking that far yes 17 miles that's crazy so and in a trance and just completely ignored an offer from the neighbor for the ride home. That ain't right. That ain't something ain't right. <laughs> Next was James Tedford, 1949. All in the 40s so far. Yeah. So this is all from 1945 to 1950. So this all happened oh. in the span of like of five years. All these people disappeared. Oh, weird. Yeah. So he was a veteran. He was a third person to disappear. He went. This is this is weird. 
He went missing on December 1st, 1949, exactly three years to the date after Paula Weldon had disappeared. That's weird. Yeah. So, and this is, this case is the weirdest. So according to witnesses, Tedford got on a local bus to go to the Bennington Triangle area. And he was on the bus the whole time. People saw him. He had a ticket. And somewhere between the last stop and Bennington, he vanished. What? Yes. So he Did never he get off. The- no, there was no stops. So he didn't get off at the last stop and there was no stops. He was on the bus and he when they got to the final stop, he had disappeared. He was no longer on the bus. Oh, but his no. belongings were all still there. He had just disappeared into thin air. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. That ain't, that's, no, what happens? So obviously people, like, your intellectual brain is like, okay, people must have just missed him getting off and then thought that he was still on Well, if his stuff was on the luggage rack. Exactly. He, like, just disappeared into thin air with all of his stuff still there. So next is Paula Jepson in 1950. She is the fourth person. Excuse me, Paul Jepson. He is the fourth person to vanish. He was eight years old. On October 12th, 1950, he had accompanied his mother in a truck. She left her son unattended while she went to go feed some pigs on a farm or something, I guess. (laughs) I I don't know how that shit works. (laughs) His mother was gone for about an hour. And when she returned, her son was nowhere in sight. And then... Uh He was never found. Oh, no. Yes. But according to one legend, bloodhounds tracked the boy to a local highway where Paula Weldon had disappeared. So to the exact same location. There's reports that the boy was never found, but there's like a local legend that bloodhounds sniffed his scent right to where Paula Weldon had disappeared. The exact same location. This is all weird. It's, it's within bizarre. Like five years? Like, that's yes. strange. One after the other. Then Frida Langer, the fifth and fina- final disappearance, occurred 16 days after Jepson vanished. On October 28, 1950, she's 53 years old. Frida and her cousin Herbert left the family campsite near the Somerset Reservoir to go on a hike. During the hike, Langer slips and she fell into a stream. She told Eisner if he she told Eisner if he would wait, she would go back to the campsite, change clothes and catch up with him. But she never returned to the campsite and several searches were made for her but never found. Hmm. On May 12, 1951, her body was found 3 and a half miles from the camp at the Somerset Reservoir. And no cause of death could be determined from her remains. No cause of death? Yeah. Huh. So I guess there was no death by misadventure. No, maybe she got lost or the glass? So I guess two bodies bodies were found. It's hard because a lot of this, since it happened a while ago, some of this has become like lore. Right. It's hard to distinguish between fact and lore, but all these people for sure did disappear. 
Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to bonus episodes, shoutouts, merch discounts, some new episodes coming up. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become a patron, or if you just want to support women in the arts. Women in the arts. (laughs) (laughs) That's us. (laughs) Yeah, women in the fine arts. We're artists. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out. And please continue calling our hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. Just save it in your phone in case you go to jail and you need someone (laughs) to bail you out. It's really been popping off and we will continue to play your voicemails as usual. Do they look through your phone in jail now? I would assume they do, right? I don't know because no one has numbers memorized. Yeah, if they confiscate your stuff, I would assume you'd be like, can I get my phone? I don't know my husband's phone number. No, I would literally like call my the house I grew up in. I'd be like, hi, I lived here 20 years ago. Can you pick me up from jail? (laughs) Like, I don't know my parents number. Like, I don't know. No I know idea. their I know their cell. I don't know their home. So hopefully they pick up their cell. But yeah, I don't. That's a good question. If you know, good please question. call in and let us know. Because um, that's actually I I have I would just have to live in jail forever. I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which doesn't sound that bad. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, Now, back to our program. Now, this one is strange. It happened more recently. This guy, Robert Singley, on October 3rd, 2008, a Bennington Banner newspaper had a story called Lost in Glastonbury. And it was an interview with this guy, Robert Singley. He's 27 years old. He claims to have become lost in the Bennington Triangle in a very weird way. Bermuda Triangle kind of way. Uh-oh. He said that he went for a hike in the exact place where Paula Weldon was seen 62 years ago. Well, that's your first mistake. 
Yeah, I mean, what, what are you doing? <laughs> You're he asking says, for it. <laughs> you honestly are. He says, while walking uh, back to the car, he realized he had gone four or five miles, but his car had been parked only three miles away. So oh. he's claiming his car had essentially just like disappeared. He said a fog rolled in. It was starting to get very dark. He pulled out his headlamp, but now it was broken. He didn't have a watch or GPS or anything like that. He was unable to locate the correct trail. He took refuge under a large tree. And he says, quote, I was kind of like drawn to it in the night. I was really expelling a weird sort of, I don't know, a really weird haunting energy. It was dark. I was cold. Apparently, he tried to build a fire. He kept stumbling across large animal bones. Huh? <laughs> yeah. He said the night what? was eerily quiet. He was disoriented when the sun rose. He was able to find his car. Uh, huh. He woke up, he says, on the total other side of the ridge, seven miles away from where he thought he was. And had just, I guess, had become completely disoriented. Oh, weird. Maybe he just got lost. But he says essentially that the the woods like seemed to be changing on him and he was completely disoriented. Yeah, this is crazy as well. Near there, at least 27 airplanes have crashed into the lake <gasps> near the Bennington Triangle. What? Yes, which is obviously a large amount of airplanes. Are they like single or like smaller? Yeah, like small, small aircrafts. Wow. 20 pilots and passengers have died. Oh, geez. Yes. And the weirdest thing is one of the planes was a corporate jet with five on board and it completely vanished in 1971. Oh, yeah, and it was never found despite high tech searches trying to find. Well, the plane. that went into was, the um, portal. Por- por- well, now let's get into some theories. The portals. Yeah, there there <laughs> is a theory that there is a portal in this area, and it's called Hell yeah, yeah, it's called the window theory by John Kelly. I believe it is. And basically, it's saying that in this area, there's like a portal between two worlds and the veil between this world and another dimension or another time and place is very thin. And that's why people keep disappearing or planes end up crashing or people get disoriented or there's monster sightings and other kind of creatures who come in because they're passing in and out of this window or veil portal from the other dimension. So that's one theory about the Bennington Triangle is could it essentially be a window into another world? Yes. (laughs) I think so. Melissa's favorite theory is this man-eating stone. Oh, God. And this is by Joseph Citro. It's in the Vermont Monster Guide. And... (laughs) 
I need this guide. Yeah, I mean, apparently there's a lot of monsters in in Vermont. So there, it's alleged in Glastonbury Mountain, where all these people are hiking, that there's a huge man-eating stone. What does this that look like? There's a picture of it. Okay, I found like a drawing of it. Yeah, the, the drawing. stone with like a hand coming out. Yeah, so it says in the guide, it says, no one alive has seen this dangerous anom- anomaly on Glastonbury Mountain. Native Americans knew of it and warned people away. We can only imagine it as a sizable rock large enough to stand on, but when someone stands upon it, the rock becomes less solid and, like a living thing, swallows the unfortunate <laughs> trespasser. A number of disappearances have been reported on Glastonbury Mountain. Could all of these vanished folks have stepped inadvertently on this hungry stone? What if, like, when the stone swallows them? What? There's, like, a movie where, like, it swallows them, but, like, you can still see the outline of their faces, like, kind oh, of... Oh, into the stone. stone. Maybe that's how Mount Rushmore happened. <laughs> yeah, it ate the president. It ate all the presidents. Yeah, that's Bennington. Right, that's what happened. Bennington Triangle has the, the Mount Rushmore of uh, missing people. So that's one thing that they think happened is that maybe the forest is actually consuming people. Like it's a real life forest. Got to eat too. Yeah, forest be hungry. We eating good. Um, possible. Who knows. <laughs> The next thing is, you know, could it be something supernatural like UFOs abducting sure. people? Always a possibility. Always a possibility. Bigfoots, puckwudgies, uh, the, what was it? The Vermont monster, the Vermont monster, Glastonbury yeah. monster. Or was there a serial killer? In the area from this time, oh. from 1945 to 1950, who could have been killing all these people on the mountain. I didn't check to see. Were there serial killers back in the 40s? Was that I a know, thing? I know, right? People were too busy like having TV dinners. 19th century is 1800s, right? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. I believe so. <laughs> There's a the practical explanations. Boring. Yeah, no. Like thanks. hypothermia. Yeah, what are some of the practical explanations? Hypothermia is one because the temperatures on the mountain can drop very low. And the disappearances all did happen in the winter. True, true. So when experiencing hypothermia, people might engage in terminal burrowing. This is a survival behavior that drives people to find someplace small and remote to huddle. It gets people out of the wind, but it helps the slow process of freezing to death. Um, another has to do with the area's history as a mining town. The mountainside is littered with unmarked mine shafts that may cause hikers who go off trail to plummet to their deaths. So these could explain why missing people were never found, I guess. And then the odd wind pattern. Most places have a wind pattern that influences how plants grow. Uh, Glastonbury Mountain has no consistent wind pattern, so plants grow in odd ways. And many hikers have had difficulty navigating the mountain. For this reason, it's a basis for the Native American myth about the four winds. Oh, interesting. Oh, maybe like erratic winds, I guess? Yeah. Well, here's something I just found. 
So the Lonely Hearts Killers, it's American serial killer couple. Oh, I've, that's Raymond, I've heard of them. Yeah, Raymond Fernandez and Martha Jewel Beck were suspected of having killed up to 20 victims during a spree between 1947 and 1949. Oh, where were they located? That's what I'm trying to look. It looked like they went to prison in New York. They moved to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut, Connecticut's near Vermont, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So we we shouldn't rule that out. Yeah, maybe maybe they would go take little vacations to Vermont to kill in the winter. Oh, weird. They moved to a, the Grand Rapids. Oh, that's in Michigan. Can't rule it out. Yeah, I mean, this looks like maybe it not because it looks like they buried bodies in the basement and stuff. But I mean, you never really know. You never know. They were only convicted of one murder and have known to commit two more and have suspected of killing up to 20 victims. Oh, they met people through their Lonely Hearts ads. Oh, so I mean, that oh, like they would really... put ads in the paper. This is why you shouldn't oh, date. Weird. This is why dating's That's bad. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So... Uh, or, you know, or just like the guy who bludgeoned his coworker to death because he heard voices, mm-hmm. is there something demonic there that's telling people to disappear or kill themselves or, you know, what have you? You never really know. If you have any theories about this wackadoo area or if you live in... I feel like we have some listeners who live... In the Bennington Triangle area. I feel like some people have called and been like, I live in this area. Yeah, I feel like people have suggested this as an episode before. Yeah. Um, I got it from Weird Wikipedia, which is like my new favorite place Ooh, to source material. Yeah, it just Wikipedia. has all the weird stuff on Wikipedia. But if you have any ideas about what the heck is going on here, or if you know any fun cryptid or cryptids or monsters that pop off in vermont melissa where can people reach us you can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com well i am ally i think it's a portal seagull i'm melissa gotta watch out for those mine shafts stetton oh you know what this kind of reminds me of sorry just one last tidbit remember on tiktok when there was that whole thing of like people would find stairs in the forest with a door or something. And then it was like, don't go into the stairs with a door because you disappear. Yes. Or there was that also that forest in Japan. What was it? The suicide forest or something? Oh yeah. And like Jake Paul or Logan Paul went and totally disrespected. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that was crazy. Yeah. What a psychopath. Yeah. Forests are Forests are wild. Um, forests are anyways, weird. Speaking of speaking of forests, Forrest Gump. Uh, Mart Martin's show comes out Thursday. Oh yes, drop drop it, drop a. It's called Keep Breathing. What is it it's about? Netflix. It's about a woman whose plane crashes in the woods, and she has to survive. Oh and, fuck! And she has to battle her inner demons as well. I hope she doesn't <laughs> get her period while she's out there. <laughs> I don't know if she's out there for long enough, but oh Good. well. There's a. There's a I don't, no I spoilers. Say. There's a spy. Yeah, I'm not going to say, it, but it's my favorite thing that he's made. You get sued. I would love for Barton to sue you for dropping spoilers. You told everyone that I did. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's so good. Amazing. It's only six episodes. They're like a half hour each. It's oh, it's not so a, not beautiful. Enough. It's shot in Vancouver. It's great. Oh. Fuck. <laughs>
You said Vancouver, and I was like, Vermont. <laughs> was Vancouver, yes. Vermont. We just did an the episode Vermont on that. Of- we just did an episode on <laughs> yes. Vancouver. Uh, all right, guys. So make sure to watch that. What is it called again? Keep breathing. Keep breathing. All right, guys. <laughs> jo- hold on. Dolly, quiet. Yes. Yes. Quiet. Are your dog? Yes. Did your dogs stop barking when you tell them to? They're they're better. I think they understand a little bit of English. See, that's good. Oh, that's good. They went away. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh nope. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.